producer. Cause you'll, cause you'll look like what Nas and them and fucking Belly. Ready? Are you ready? You ever seen that movie? I, dude, it's on my list. I like yeah. never I put seen it on Belly? my watch list. One I've never seen it. You also got to seen uh. Yeah, I've heard I watched it's. Watched it five times the first day it came out. Really? You got to watch yeah, State Property too. Sixteen hours and like just watched it back to back. It was yeah, State Property. And that was also like. Belly's great. Was it? What? It was one of those things where like. You got it on uh, like VHS or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was like years ago. It's one of those things where like there's no streaming, so it's not just like, oh, I have all the options. It's like we got Belly and I love this movie. So Yeah. Belly's a Belly's a old school jam. So is a uh, I was saying State Property is another one you have on your list. You remember State Property? With Beanie Siegel and Jay Z and fucking that shit was great. No. No, it's not as good as Belly, but it's good though. Yeah, that's it's funny. What's the plot of Belly? Is it like... You have a group of friends. Um, you had... I'm trying to think of all the names. Not, you had Nas who played... Babe, can you let him start the podcast? He just asked I just, me a I, question. Yeah, no, I did oh, ask him the I'm question. Like, what is going on? <laughs> it was kind of my fault, I'm not going to lie. It's all good. We can start, though. We can... I mean... We can get in it. Open yeah, it we were just talking belly. about belly. Um, but yeah, you had Nas and DMX, and they and there was like two more people that they were homies with, and they were basically they they were robbers, right? They were basically robbers, yeah. And they hit like one of their biggest licks, which mm. was at this crazy club. In the he just asked, "What was the?" Okay, wait, wait, yeah, like. Oh, you mean the general consensus? General, well, yeah. Oh. It's about some black people getting some money. Yeah. Okay. It's about some black people getting some money and then love wanting to get you up out of it. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. And just like, it's Nas. So. It's Nas and DMX. And not, DMX? Uh, oh, yeah. If much what? you mean. I didn't what was his name that. and what? What'd I do? Just no, I said, err. Uh. <laughs> you sure you don't want to be on cam? I'm like, let me get out of here. I'm going to I was trying to remember what what's his name in that movie. Well, I don't know why I can't remember right now. That's Nas. Tommy Rough Rider. Tommy Buns. Buns was DMX's name. This was great. That's not really like a hard name. Nah, but DMX was crazy. Strip, motherfucker. Bah! <laughs> this was great, dude. Yeah, I bet that. you I've heard a lot of samples from that movie, but mm -hmm. just didn't. Well, I guarantee it. That Didn't realize. Ripped apart. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's. Yeah. 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 We'll get into it. Um. Into it. I'll do a little intro. Um. Yo. What's up, guys? This is Producer, the podcast for producers, and today we're joined by B4 Lasers. What's up, guys? How you doing? Yeah. And he just did an SP set, so that will be on YouTube. So go check that out as well. <laughs> Yo, what's up, guys? Before we get into today's show, I want to take a quick moment to talk about our sponsor, Quake. As music producers and concert enthusiasts, we know how important it is to protect our ears. That's where Quake's Dub Muffs V2 come in. They aren't just any earplugs, they're a game changer. What sets Dub Muffs V2 apart, first off, their quality. They're better than any plugs I've ever used. I use them all the time. I have custom in-ear plugs. These are my main ones that I bring to shows. Um, you get premium sound clarity, preserving those crisp highs and deep lows 
all while safeguarding your ears from damaging volumes. And the best part? They don't break the bank. Quality and affordability, son. Let's talk customization. Quake knows one size doesn't fit all. That's why they offer two sizes. Whether you're at an intimate gig or a massive festival, Dub Muffs V2 fit comfortably in your ears, making sure you're protected no matter how long the show lasts. Let's face it, we've all left concerts with ringing in our ears. It's not good, but it ends up happening. But it doesn't have to be that way. Protect your ears while enjoying the pure sound of music with Quake's Dub Muffs V2. As a special thank you to our listeners, Quake is offering an exclusive discount. Just use the code POD15 at checkout to save on your first purchase. As a motto of our show, make sure you protect your ears. Now let's get back to the show. Yo, also, I know I said I was going to get back to the show, but I'm a, I'm a liar. Um, this is for the Chicago residents, or if you're from out of town, come through. We are throwing a show. It's the very first producer show. It is called House of Beats. It's at the Epiphany Center for the Arts. It's going to be a fantastic show. Our lineup is incredibly stacked. Let me Let me read some names here. We got Going Somewhere, B4 Lasers, Care, Cozy Cold G, Easy Web, Backpack Beats, Pete Mac, Craig J, Damo Do The Most, Unregistered User, and special guest Eli The Guy. It's gonna be lit. This show is a tribute to the heart and soul of Chicago's extraordinary beat making community. Imagine a unique blend of sacred and modern as the historic Epiphany Center, once a church, transforms into a pulsating hub of creativity and sound. Each beat maker will take the stage, showcasing the diverse and rich musical heritage of the Windy City. Whether you're a beat aficionado or a casual music listener, House of Beats promises an unforgettable night. Anyway, that's. That's all I'm gonna say. Go RSVP, secure your spot. You can find the link on the Podducer Instagram page. Don't miss out. It's a free show. Did I say free? All right, now we'll get back to the show. Yeah. How we doing? We doing good, man. Good. We're doing good. We're chilling. Uh, good. It was rainy, so I'm glad we made it safely. But we yeah. are here, me and my. Lovely companion over there, my it's, wife, unique Monique. Yeah, rep. You got to rep, mm-hmm. rep the marriage. You know, so it was. Chilling. It was. Yeah, it was really rainy. It was spitting rain. That's what my mom said. I was like, spitting rain. Okay, I like that. <laughs> so, so, what do you do for the people? Like, what do like so people know? Oh, me. Oh, so I am a audio engineer. So I mix for people all over the world. Uh, mixed in like I don't know how many different cities across how many different countries but yes um, I'm a beat maker uh, and vinyl connoisseur Uh, for the people I host uh, oops I host uh, multiple events you can smack the mic these guys are durable (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) someone sample that I'm a host of multiple events um, so and an online community. Uh, so the first one, which is on my hat right here, is Duck World 808 in Duck World, Chicago. Um, I'm also the host and owner, 
uh, co-owner because my wife is the other co-owner of the Beatmakers Toolbox. And also, I am a host alongside my homie Backpack Beats for Flip a Beat Club Chicago chapter. Yes, it was just chapters all over the. I saw Backpack Beats. I had never met him at a, a chopping block show, and I was like, "Are you B four Lasers?" And he's like, "Nah, <laughs> nah." <laughs> but but I'm Backpack. <laughs> but we look kind of similar, and he was wearing a hat, and you guys are always rocking hats, and I was just always. like, "Wow, I'm I'm an idiot. It's fine. <laughs> I just so I'm okay with it." That's all I love, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a good guy right there. Yeah, he threw down. Yeah, that was the first, yeah, that was the first time I saw him. But that anyway, guy, we'll, that guy will make like forty-two beats in a live session. Nigga, it's, that's crazy. Yeah, bro's wild. No more free beats, isn't that his thing? No more free beats, Mochilla. Mochilla. Yeah, yeah, Mochilla's a. I don't know what it means, but I feel what he's saying. Though. Yeah, Mochilla, no, I get like, that. Yeah, now that I think about it, I, I totally understand. But it's another one of his terminologies we'll get into you know all of the things that you host and are a part of but yeah. i like to start out with just a fun little uh icebreaker question i, I ask all my guests and it's uh what was your first concert that you went to that i went to yeah uh yo it was out here in the city um i mean besides my own because for some wild reason i was rapping and doing performances before i could get into bars but hey you know that's the life but anyways currency oh really yeah currency at the the swine i think it was called that was out here for a while mm. it was this dope like bar lounge the shrine is that what it is okay then yes yeah, the shrine it was dope because it had like the stage behind the bar right fire bro currencies bro blaze that shit and then jumped oh, off really? the stage into the bar walked all around the bar and out the front door through the middle of the crowd i'm like bro this man is crazy and he just left and he just left wow after murdering his balls set. <laughs> that's ballsy yes, right there before the legal weed and it was completely we were completely blazed out in there it was crazy currency's got some crazy uh just songs and beats like not that he, I don't think he produces, but there's this song, Airborne Aquarium. Yeah. And he's got some, like, back in the in the day of, like, good whiz. That's what I'm sorry, whiz. Like, good whiz. Yo. I just I, like Cushion OJ era and those mixtapes. Yeah, um, man. I was a huge fan even back with, uh, what was it? How, was it How Fly? Mm-hmm. I believe that was the tape they, that I don't know if you ever heard it, but him and Currency have an album, the whole album together. I think it's I think it's called How Fly. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. Fire. Fire. Car service. What's the runway, baby? I get money from one day to Sunday, lady. Oh me. Hey, that's my shit. That's just crazy. Currency's good. He's got a really unique style of rapping. Like you can pick him out so easily. Oh yeah. Like you're just like, okay, that's a hundred percent currency. Yeah, bro. And his history is wild. You know what I mean? Having really? been, oh yeah, bro. Having been signed to Cash Money and No Limit, he was on both labels before. Which one's No Limit? No Limit is Master P's label. Oh, yeah. So he was signed. He was on the Five Hundred Four Boys for a while. Damn. And he was signed to Cash Money, Young Money. You know what I'm saying? He also did that for a while with Wayne and did a lot with Wayne. You know, and then he went on to his own venture. Yeah, Rose got history, and then now it's Jet Life, and Bro's been. Going crazy ever since. 
But I mean, I feel like he kind of stays in the underground, you know, a little bit. I mean, he's more consistent than most artists I know of. Mm-hmm. He releases so much. I think that's what uh, that's what get people sometimes though, is how much bro releases. Some people say it's too much. They'll be like, bro, I can't keep up. But I think you know the 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 work ethic behind it, and then the catalog that's left there for you to catch up to later. Mm-hmm. No one says you're supposed to catch up to bro. You know what I mean? Immediately every time he drops something. Nah, that's not how life goes. He's just dropping his life constantly for you, so you know what's going on. You know, in his day by day. That is like a whole, like I. There are some artists where it's too much. Sometimes you're like, yeah. dude, what, what is this? There's too much to listen to here. It's like half baked. But I can feel you. yeah, but I don't never feel that way with bros. It's always yeah, it's, yeah. Always a, it's always a vibe. So that was a good first concert. Yeah. Oh, that was a great first concert. Yeah. I was, I was, man, I was high as hell. <laughs> we kicked it. Contact high just from the room. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. Most yeah that was the only reason right that was the only reason yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um good times word uh, it's you no know, funny enough before yeah. before we move on I, yeah, yeah. I met i met that night uh, a chicago a very prominent chicago producer by the name of king thelonious that was actually the first time i met him um because he produced a three-piece set this is around when closed sessions was really popular um and i remember um he did the three-piece set tape with, with Spitter, and um, it was one of my favorite tapes. And I actually met bro in the back. I grabbed two beers as this chick walked by, and I just handed bro a beer because I was, <laughs> was like, he was standing next to me. I didn't even know it was him, you know, and then we was just chatting, you know, and he was like, it's my birthday. I'm like, well, happy fucking birthday, man. Hell yeah. He was like, all right, well, hey, man, it was really nice to meet you. He was like, I got to run, though, man. I was like, for sure. And then the next thing you know, bro was on stage. It was fucking Thelonious, man. He was, you, you you didn't know. I didn't know. And then bro just rocked. Played one of my favorite beats of all time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's crazy. Can't get in, can't get out. So are you still like friends? Uh, You know what? We saw each other at one of the Open Swim shows. Um, You know, it's all love. I'm not going to say I like talk to bro every day or anything. Yeah. You know, but... um. Is number love. He's a huge inspiration, you know. Most yeah. definitely being one of the local, you know, legends in my eyes out here, you know. So it's always support. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. nice man. Well, I kind of want to just go like a little origin story. Like, how did you get into all this stuff? Like, you texted me some stuff that you were like, we should talk about all this. I'm like, dude, you are tapped in. Like, <laughs> like it seems like. You know, you're at every, like, beat-making event, and people that aren't from Chicago, like, Chicago has a very vibrant beat scene. Yeah, and it's like, vast. It feels like you're at every one. So I'm just curious, like, you know, not making beats to being this deep into the scene, like, how did that kind of start? Like, how did, what was your foray foray i don't even know if that's the word into music, into music. I'm, I'm out here trying to use words i don't know it's all good we all, we all do that sometimes i've said plenty my wife will be like the fuck that doesn't mean that i'm like oh it's okay it well, sounded it cool today. sounded right <laughs> yeah you know um, what i mean yeah, but uh but nah so i started in 2006 2006 2006 2007 i was like a freshman freshman or sophomore in high school one of those years um and it kicked off recording in my mom's 
uh, I'm in my bedroom in my mom's house. I didn't want to play sports after that, so I, I used to hide my football equipment in the bush at the end of the block <laughs> and go home and be like, oh, we didn't have practice today and, like, make music with the homies because um, I used to rap, so I was big into rapping and stuff before making beats. Then I realized, like, I heard Kanye West, Real Talk, I heard Through the Wire, probably, or no, it was All Falls Down. Radio, it all falls Yeah, so anyways, I heard that, and I wanted, I was like, bro, I gotta, I gotta make beats. These are crazy. I want to do that. And then I made the wackest beats for the longest time. But hey, um, from there, yeah, I just tapped into my local community. Like I said, I'm from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, I just stayed tapped in, continued to make music, continued to be inspired over the years. Is there um, a is there a vibrant beat scene in Kenosha? Nah. <laughs> you can say yeah. You can say no. no. <laughs> but, you know, growing up and all the people that I met over the years, like, um, there's some that made their own beats. <laughs> and that was like an inspiration. Like, I've seen people that made beats on, like, Zoom street boxes, which was hella fire. Like, and, you know, people that made beats on straight hardware, like NPCs, SP1200s, you know, S Akaya's 20s, all that, SPs. Like, I've seen all of it and, like, was super inspired by, like, all of that. And it ended up leading me to where I am now, you know. So I'm not going to say they have the most vibrant beat scene because, I mean, in, in all honesty, they don't. Otherwise, I'd be doing, like, shows out there regularly. I'd be tapped in with it regularly because that's where I'm from. But, you know, I'm from there. They got a music scene, though. You know, their rap scene is heavy. Rock scene is is wild, too. Mm. So, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, a- anywho, no. uh, the history, right? So <laughs> The origin the story. Origin, the origin story. It's long, so I try no, to. No, no, no. We got to do it. We got to do it. All I right. always do it. Yeah. Well, I started, like I said, I started out rapping. Um, I met, uh, let's see, I met Oh, nah, nah, who did I meet first? Uh, Big Nate. Big Nate was the first rapper that I met. It was a studio I went to just before I had, was really good at recording anything. Because in the beginning, it was like audacity and it was trash and <laughs> just wasn't going too well. So then I, I went to this studio. I found him on like MySpace or something back when that was like the place to be. Mm-hmm. And um, he let me come through and I kind of saw his setup and I went with my homie, Lil Steve because he also recorded there so I was able to tap in through that and I was able to kind of watch and I was just like a sponge at the time so I saw like okay he's using Fruity Loops he had this style condenser microphone like in this booth and like I kind of saw what I needed you know to get a decent quality sound Um, as well as just inspired by the creation of beats because I wasn't really making beats I was just rapping over beats that I would find on at the time it was uh, SoundClick I don't know if people remember that. Shout out the sound. Shout out the sound click, man. Y'all were the truth back in the day. Sounds familiar. Man, sound click was before your uh beat stars, man. We didn't have beat stars, man. We had sound click. We had tight beats. Tell you. Tight beats. Tight tight tight. Tight. Like T I G H T. Tight beats. Yeah, man. I met a lot of dope people. That's that's actually the site that I met um my first producer from Chicago. His name was Leif. But he was the first one that told me, yo, your, your samples are cold. Your drums are trash. 
And I, was, <laughs> I needed that though. You know, we all need that at some point for someone to just be like, bro, this is fire, but this, nah, bro, you need to fix that. And, you know, that helped me elevate my drum game. But anyways, yeah, so Big Nate then. Um, I want to say like a year or two later. Um, so this is like 2008, maybe 2000. Yeah, that sounds about right. I met um, Brother Can Do. Uh, and that was, that was, um, he was kind of like a friend. He was a big friend of the family. And um, I was able to see like a full layer you know what I mean? When it comes to studio gear um, of someone who collects records. Oh, a get, layer. Yeah, layer. Like a labyrinth. Yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, not like a layer La- of life, but like a, yeah, like a layer. Yeah, like you're, like you're, uh, I like believe people use that terminology. Like no, layer, no, no, LA, no. I, I like it. It's like Dexter's laboratory. Yeah, like you go down and you're to like, the layer. to the yeah. layer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, get, you get the lingo. So, um, that was my first time seeing NPCs like SP404s, 303s, 202s, like every piece of gear you could imagine bro had. And that was like like in the, the thousands and thousands of records. Like He's the first person that gave me my first like 400 records probably, you know, to, 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 to make beats off of. And that that's what really got me into like, yo, all right, so... I want to try to make sample-based music, you know, because I was like, you know, using Fruity Loops, playing guitars, like thinking I'm killing it. It was just not not where it's at. And uh, yeah, that really did it. And that, that led me to getting my first uh, MPC 2000. That led me to getting um, the, what I had, like Emu ESI, uh, I can't remember what number. It's like a 2000 or 3000 or something. It was a rack mount sampler. And that was my first time getting any of those. And that really, that changed everything. Because before I had that, I was just making beats on Fruity Loops. I had records. I was sampling the records. He gave me my first turntable, first uh, DJ mixer. Mm-hmm. I had a Gemini before he took that back and gave me something else. But he was like, I need that Gemini back, dog. That's just tight. I'm like, all right, for sure. But uh, that was that was really... That was really the basis for me, man. Um, Brother Can't Do, shout out to you, man. And uh, from there, it's been it's been a plane. You know, I still rapped. I worked with the local community, a lot of the homies, just making music, producing for them, making whole, like, albums for them. Like, I was already into this in, you know, 08, 09, um, 2010. 10 2011 like i was already making albums of music my own albums you know selling them in high school like burning them to cd pushing analog mediums like we was already already doing that you know so uh yeah that's that's uh, yeah and i was recording like she said i was recording everybody too like at my dad's house that's all like the story is so it's crazy at my pop's house man i gutted my whole closet i didn't even have a closet i just said fuck a closet gutted the shit took the pole down gutted everything in there and, and then just put um i remember we helped his neighbors that he was friends with uh move um they were like loading a bunch of stuff into a trailer or something me and my cousin chris and uh i got a whole bunch of like foam i don't even think it was studio foam but it was just foam <laughs> and i was like this is perfect i've been looking for something like this because my it's i used to just put covers up because that's all i had to kind of soften the tone so then I put all that stuff up everywhere, plus the covers, and it was beautiful. And I would just have everybody in the city. I was like the best person at recording. 
have everybody in the city coming by, recording their songs, mixing their songs, selling them, doing it for the low, like $10 a song, $20 a song for the low, not making no bread, but enough to get some trees. And uh, it was great. Yeah, that was a hell of a time. Um, Yeah, facts, facts. Then I met my wife, huh? (laughs) Yeah, my mom's basement. When When I met my wife, I was already, I was, so I was out of my dad's crib, um, I had a spot in Racine for a while where I was making a lot of music um, before I got kicked out of there for, yeah, man, weed. It's crazy. Anyways. Uh, do you, do you still smoke these no, I days? No, I don't. No I more. let it go. But I was a true stoner of stoners. Did it mm. help the craft? Do you miss it? <laughs> no. No, I don't anymore. I think now I'm able to streamline. I feel like when I was high, it's harder to streamline. Your yeah, brain I can't is gone. Fully. You're yeah. in full. You're in a different space. Like you're in full creative. It's even hard to be consistent. You know what I mean? Sometimes. So. Yeah, actually, what you just said—the full creative. Yeah. Where it's like you have no discipline to no. get the work done. Like, yeah. yeah, you're like, whoa, that would be really cool. But then you're just like, you forgot. Spacey. Yeah. yeah five minute. That's how I am too. I'm hungry, like you know what I'm saying. Like this, so that was, but a lot got done, you know, because I worked with so many people. Um, Mm -hmm. Like around that time too, living in Racine, this probably had to be like 2012. Um, I remember I I got in contact with Robot Army and the homie Jason Davis, and that was that was my first time uh, tapping into the Chicago scene. Um, Since I'm kind of jumping around year to year you know it's been a while but mm-hmm. i do remember this was a this was a huge advancement for me because it was the first time with me working with artists that were from chicago and yeah we were still big stoners but i i noticed that like i had to be i had to be like um workable even like you had to work even though you were high you know i had to get beats done because i wanted to make albums or like recording and had to get mixes done because I wanted to have this feature. Like I met Vic Spencer way back then. I met D2G way back then. Like I met these cats before, like way before now. And they're like, they're so big now. Like it's, it's crazy. And like, um, you know, working with these cats back then in like 2012 and making songs like Schmoggy Eyes. Like it was, uh, you know, it was, it was wild, you know, Ruby Hornet days, fake shore drive days when that shit was like super, it's not saying it's not popular now, you know, but it was at a, it was the blog era, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was it was at its biggest, and those were those were crazy times, man. Climbing on rooftops, man. I remember we did we shot a video to tune. Uh, I think it's called Tune In by Jason Davis. Like I produced the whole album Spectrums of the Mind, and um, we we came out here. I drove out to the city, met these cats at Ruby Hornets. Uh, like base location it was kind of like an apart it was an apartment but it had you know everybody that worked for ruby hornet stayed at this apartment including the videographers etc so like we got there we went up and we chill we had some snacks like on this huge fucking back patio it was wild i think this spot was in like boys town or something and like we had to climb the side of a building with no like there's no like like, you know how you can climb up to the next tier of the roof, but there's usually there's kind of like a like a ladder of some there's sort. a ladder with like a f- like usually you go. Th- it's almost like a shoot kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so that if you fall, at least you just fall. St- there's none of that shit. Yeah. It was just bars and on the side of a building and we had to climb to the next level if we wanted to shoot this video. So we 
I climbed my big ass up there, man. Everybody else climbed up there. It was super sick. We did it at like uh, I forgot the magic hour. I believe is what they call it, which is like around like, like golden hour. Yeah, so it was it was so fire. Um, tune in. Yeah, that was a good. Like I said, I produced that. Um, but you know those were those were crazy times. Like working out in the city, and that's that's how I got introduced to the Chicago music scene. So okay, thank you for taking us through. You know, just like how you got into it basically yeah i would say because about now it starts to get into i'm living in illinois you know Mm -hmm. um i'm tapping into the local scene i'm trying i'm like you know i want to make beats more because i took a pause from it too i didn't even get into the yo the scholars i was a part of a beat making scholars what's the scholars (laughs) i was part of a beat making like a group um called the scholars and we sold beats on SoundClick. we were really popular actually we had like millions of plays and like a whole lot of sales um you know but as people grow and have different intentions we ended up going our different ways but um that was me and the homie uh, what was bro that mikey supreme so me and mikey supreme and that's how i met one of my good friends john lumi that's uh, originally how i met him he was a part of the scholars as well but he ended up being more focused on being a uh, Latin hip hop artist mm. uh, who's killer. Shout out to you, Lumi. But um, yeah, like I, I, we sold a lot of beats, bro. And like um, that was like a whole thing. I don't know why I was tying that in right now, but yeah. There's just a lot. Like what lot. I'm gathering is there's just a lot of it's been a long different tentacles of the network. And like, yeah. you know, it's all through beat making, basically. Yeah, beat making, recording, rapping. Because yeah. I did a lot of rap with my own albums out, you know. Um, I had a blast, you know. But, yeah, after all that, met the wife, ended up in Illinois. I stopped yeah. making beats for a while after the beat-making group thing. Mm-hmm. I was just, like, turned off from the whole thing. She remembers that. I don't know. This was, like, 2015, 2014. I just was like, I don't really want to make beats no more. I kind of want to just focus on engineering. And I literally focused on mixing and mastering as a craft and as a business for, like, I want to say almost six years at mm. that point, like from 20, maybe the end of 2014 or so. I didn't, I didn't make beats. I barely made beats. Even if I did, it was like for myself, I'd rap on them, but I would never really do nothing with them. And, um, and I did that till about 2020. And then I was like, I found Koala. <laughs> oh I yeah. Made, the little I made app my fr- yep, on made. your phone. For people who don't know, it's like a kind of like an SP for your phone. SP 404 on steroids. That's right. On steroids. On, that shit's Koala sampler is crazy. If you want to make beats, get Koala sampler, you know, Elf audio. Is it free? No. Yeah. Like Elf audio sponsor us. <laughs> Let me get a sponsorship <laughs> brother. But it's like, you know, it's like, four or five dollars for the base app and then like there's like a six dollar upgrade to get the ninja mode thing and then if you want the mixer i think it's like another six bucks but i mean for you're talking sixteen dollars maybe you get an sp404 literally on steroids i mean the shit has piano mode the shit has sample slicing auto slicing manual slicing mixing buses now it has like a whole mixer built into it with four different buses and a master bus a performance mode with effects and filters and stutters and pitch drops and shit it's crazy and i think now you can either either in the app or using aum you can use like uh plugins that are called avu3 or something like that au3 some 
kind of format, but it's basically like plugins you would have on your computer, but they're on the iPad. The ones that are for Mac and yeah, or whatever. But their like, shit's called like AU3, which is for oh, like the iPad. Like an iPad. Okay, yeah. And you can literally use these plugins, you know, Pro Q filter uh, EQs and, and all type of shit. Dude, my phone would explode. <laughs> like, you would think so, but it runs pretty solid. Really? Yeah, man. It's crazy. So then it's it's wild what you can do, man, now. I'm telling you. Like, when I started on Koala, none of that was a thing. It was just Koala, and that was it. <laughs> and I made Carpe Diem on that. I made um, uh, Fool's Paradise on that. Uh, and that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how this whole started. And then I was really like, yo, bae, I want to... I want to play beats like I want to like there's got to be more people than just me man that want to like, play beats that want to do beats like, I'm like what the fuck I feel like the, I'm like I have this album I have all these beats these are fire but I don't want to focus on trying to give them to rappers she was like what do you mean I'm like I just don't want to do that I went that route I did that for yeah there's a lot <laughs> of people that like I, I make beats and I don't like yeah, I'm like okay, a rapper could be on this because there's space for that. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't really care. Yeah, I'm not. If there I, it is. wasn't the focus. I did. This it for is so actually long, you know? like a good point to to get into. Like, there's a lot of other people that feel that same way. Yeah. And, you know, going to things like open beats, um, mm -hmm. going to a lot of the beat shows, you realize that people literally just want to rock out to like boom bap hip-hop like yeah, trap whatever. beats ED whatever trap lo-fi edm i want to hear it all man i love broken beat ambient i love all that stuff bro like mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. so many different genres you know what i mean so you like felt this in yourself like there's got to be other people out there because like this is what i'm saying like not everyone knows about this but it is at the same time uh like a prosperous or like not prosper like a what am i trying to say there's a lot of people involved there's with a cult following the the beat scene yeah, yeah. there's a there's a cult following to it. there's a huge following to it so how did you find your way into just people not not doing the whole like oh i gotta find a rapper for this to sell it or whatever like so obviously like i said i i had did that for a really long time you know 2006 you know i started yeah. with yeah it was that's all i cared about for now more than 10 for my more than almost 14 years that's all i i did you know it was it was artists my music has to be paired with an artist of some sort you know what i mean and uh i finally was like i want to try and find a community that's like that has the same intent or at least a place to play my music and i did a whole lot of searching i mean <laughs> A whole lot of searching and i finally came across when open beats was at cafe mustache so mm -hmm. shout out to fest grandiose push beats dj uncle l love so i was at cafe mustache but they weren't at cafe mustache anymore and i had no clue where it was at and i just i had no idea where anything was at and i couldn't find anything mind you i'm still in the you know i'm in the north burbs i don't, I don't know the community i don't know anybody so all i did was um I started following all of the people that were following these pages. I just started following people and following everybody, man. And, and, and then it led to finding the person who actually did open beats. And then it was Fess. And then asking, 
the fest and the page like multiple times man i probably sent like 10 messages like yo like when's the next one when's the next one how do i play how do i play he's like finally got back to me like yo be here at this time you know and i was hella late the first time i'm always late baby getting on my case you were here early though yeah we were here early though yeah because she said let's go facts <laughs> i was playing around with my stuff in the studio so shout out to bay for that <laughs> she's always coming through but um but yeah so i um I, I pulled up i was late but i made this crazy impression on fest because i told him like hey yo like uh man i'm here my name's before lasers i hit you on ig he's on the stage i'm like i want i'm here to uh play hopefully and he was like uh Man, you're man, you're you're pretty late, man. I'll put you on, but I don't think you'll be able to play tonight. I said, man, you know what, bro? It's all good. If I can't play tonight, bro, I'm gonna play outside after the set. And he was like, "That's crazy, <laughs> for sure." All right, and I was like, "Whatever." I, I don't think I played though. I was hella nervous. But I, what I did do, what I did do, you remember this? We went outside the next day. And in the parking lot of my apartment, we set up the the SP. I said I plugged it into my car, I opened up uh, all the doors, and I just turned it up and I went live on IG. Oh. And um, I tagged him in it. And I was like, I told you I was gonna play outside because if I didn't get to play, I'm live right here. And he saw it and he watched. It. He was like, Bro, this man is spazzing. He was like, <laughs> I fucked up. Why well, didn't I let him play? I swear to God, this was this was this is a real this the real story. And um. I went the next month and I played and then it's been it's been up ever since. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's the navigation to why I'm here in the city. Is uh yeah. I was talking to no, Dom. Am I missing? What I miss? Yeah, but I was just talking about the I did I did skip over the Duck World part. That's right. We're gonna get, so to, Duck yeah, We're gonna get to Duck World. We're gonna get to Duck World because I wanna ask you about that because there's a lot of But I mean in general here though, I think the Duck World thing came a little was that before? Yeah, but that was like a- after the first like set, right? No, this is before. See, that's so much shit I can't even remember anymore. This is why it's okay. My timeline's all she's on my. This is why she's on now. my payroll. <laughs> I mean, so I don't know. I was gonna ask like, is there's there's lore in the sense like I was at a an event. I met Damo. Hey, and uh, do the most, most, most. He was telling me. He was telling me like the 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 deeper lore of like who was doing open beats style things. Do we call it open beats or like beat shows or like open beats is fastest thing? Yeah, open ox. Is open what ox. Is considered, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like fest is kind of like in my eyes my first entrance into mm-hmm. the scene. Um, his feels the most prominent in Chicago. Although the uh, Open Swim feels like they're doing cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chopping Block is cool. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. There's probably a lot. There's a lot. I know yeah. that there's a lot because you're involved with a lot of them. But was, uh, Push Beats, which was before, which I think still involved Fess. When mm-hmm. It was like DJ Uncle L and Fess and a, a bunch of other cats. Um, like, uh, damn. It's just really in- yeah. like I'm almost trying to go back to like the beginning. Like, is there a place where like this idea started? Where it's like you know like the whole like first DJ set. Like that's kind of a documented thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is there like a we got a guy. Set? We know who it was. I'm forgetting his name. Fucking 
yeah, can't think of it. But there's like documentaries. Like, are there documentaries about like the beat scene? Man, no, no, not right now. No, and, I, and it's needed. It's needed. Maybe man. we'll make one over here at a producer. I don't know. That would be sick. Because like, I really want to know. It's it's not like like it's just like yo. We just wanted to play music, yeah, but we didn't need like a rapper or anything and and I'm not saying. to say that rappers aren't at the shows uh, either and it makes they a super dope are. like uh combination like i remember i played what was it when we did enjoy right that was uh, uh live beach chicago with rudolph that's another one and, um that was the first one i got to play at right mm -hmm. but it was the same it was the same month as open open beats but it was like earlier in the month yeah and i came across because i met him at, i met all these guys at at the first open swim and um rudolph was like yeah i'm doing my own i do this other thing at the enjoy and i played there and it was crazy you know having like uh jay post and uh uh moses the martyr who are all uh in s rock this was me me and s rock and shit yo this story <laughs> is crazy man that's what i'm this saying is, i never realized how no, it, it's deep vast yeah man yeah there's so many names that you're I was already part of Duck. Know. Oh yeah, so I was already doing the Duck World stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, because Duck World came through during COVID when we didn't have, there was no performances. That was why. There it is. There it is. So mm. that's why. All Duck right. World. Duck World 808 came out with the Duck Girl created it. Shout out to Duck Girl 808 and Colopsy, Slow 90 and the Tatefoot family. They they an old yeah no Ricky, but they they don't they're the core of of you know duck world 808 and creating it because duck girl wanted to make beats uh -huh. so she came across it to she, she that her and clopsy came up with this thing to do a sample flip challenge i think it was like every week or every every day or every week or something like that and um what would happen was so that she would be making beats and getting better right and then the homie old ricky who was um who also like joined in on the fun this was all online yeah, this, he was yeah. like he put a post in his story and was like, "Hey, yo, anybody that wants to, you know, uh, do a sample flip challenge like every week or like twice or whatever it was in the beginning, you know, join in." I was like, "Hell yeah, join ASAP!" Because I'm like, "Fuck, I get to flip samples for free. I don't have to pay anything." It was like a Instagram yeah. chat that's yeah. still here to this day with like hundreds of people in it. It's crazy, and um, that's how I got that. That was getting tapped into the duck world and like. I wanted to help with it because I wanted to see it grow. So we started doing, I mean, we just segued into it. So, yeah, um, no, no, no. I, because I, I want to hear it. But the first time that I met going somewhere who kind of like, that was the first time I went to open beats. Yeah. Um, not to go down a tangent, but like, you good? he was there. He was a new guy. I was there. I was a new guy. And Fest let us go first. He went first and then I went second. Bye. And, uh, but he was telling me, he's like, dude, you got to follow like Duck World and you got to follow this guy B4 Lasers. Like he'll, <laughs> he'll get you tapped in. Like you got to figure out, like he just gave me the whole spiel and yeah. like, yeah, like what is kind of the, the so, spiel? Yeah. Know? So it was a, it was a weekly sample flip challenge to get Duck Girl better at making beats because she was just starting. She's absolutely fire now. So, um, I joined in on that and. I wanted to help. I was like, she asked in the group, like, did anybody kind of want to, you know, help do things to make the community more feel like a like a community, not just a chat where I drop this random sample every week. Like, yeah, let's build. So then I was like, yeah, I'd help with whatever. And then we ended up 
I ended up being a part of part of Duck World 808. Like a moderator, kind of, kind of, yeah, yeah. There you go. Like we need moderators because it's a it's an online thing, you know. Yeah. And then we made a Discord because we were doing the Discord shit heavy, and I was like, yeah, I was doing like anime nights where we would all get together and watch animes on Discord. I'd be streaming it right there so you could watch it in HD and. We'd be uh, making beats live and kicking it in the rooms and just, you know, helping each other out with questions and gear questions and all that stuff. And um, I just, we just stayed tapped in. And then she was like, I remember one day after, like, just putting in work and, like, help, seeing we all working together and seeing it grow and Duck World become what it is, like, now. And it's so such a, like, a household name that uh, she was like, you need a Chicago chapter. I was like. I don't want to do that. We were just talking about this. I'm like, nah, I don't know about that, man. You know, Chicago's different. You got to have clout to do shit. Like, if you don't have no clout, nobody's going to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, the next, the, like, it's like a day later, like two days later. She's like, well, I made an Instagram account. Um, Yeah, good luck. <laughs> kick me off the edge of the cliff. You should, be, you should run it. I want you to run it. And mm. she gave me the login, and then that's how Duckwell Chicago was born. She really literally kicked me off the cliff to start it because I was most definitely hella nervous and didn't want to do it. And I was just like, I don't want to do it. I don't know. I'm not ready, no. And um, look at me today. So shout out to you for that. And my wife for having my back and pushing me through all that and helping me understand that i needed to build community which is something that she was telling me when i was looking for places to play beats she was like why don't you make that then yeah i'm like yeah, yeah. what i didn't i didn't see it then she had the vision then this was before open beats and before duck world she had the vision then mm. you should just create the place mm. for y'all to for people to play beats she was like you just build your community and um it came later we ended up with the beat makers toolbox and you know and 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 it's become a really, really, really big and dope um, home away from home for beat makers. It's almost like a party. I feel like, yeah. But um, but that's how that's how Duck World Chicago and the Duck World Eight Hundred Eight, at least for me and my story, came together. Yeah. Um, do you, and you still today. you still do it? Is it weekly challenges? Yeah, like I'm how the host it? of the. Uh, I, I really help host like the whole thing now so I'm, I'm constantly moderating constantly sharing content in the groups and making sure people feel you know um good and responding to everybody and helping duck girl out with that and then i also do the weekly sample flip challenge so every sunday um at some point in the day because life is like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get <laughs> i release True. a sample pack um either i will be the curator or um like for next year i have a full year's list already laid out of all the curators for every month the people that dig Pick, for the they samples dig the samples yeah. yeah and then i also wanted i had this idea where i wanted to keep it to like vinyl because it sounds better for the people that are getting these samples to be able to make beats yeah so i also pushing everybody that's a curator for next year to sample off vinyl only or if they don't feel like doing the work they just buy the records or pick the records out their collection send them to me i'll clean them i'll do the sampling clean them meaning that's clean like the wax so that it's nice and crispy when i record oh. it i have a oh. really good turntable and a really good phono amp so everything sounds really good what's a phono amp a phono amp is phono amp. yeah so oh, oh. a turntable usually puts out <clears throat> some put out line signal so you can just 
plug it into your mixer. Yeah. But some uh, only do phono. And um, it's the original, like, um, signal. Is that, like, instrument level, or is it nah, different? No, it's really quiet. It's really, really, really quiet. Oh, and it even... needs a lot of gain. Oh. Um, and I, I, I mean, that makes sense. It's just the needles, like, like how yeah. does that even make noise? You know what I'm it's saying? It's crazy, yeah. Um, and there's probably way more to it than that. So yeah. I don't want to be, like, I'm a turntable specialist or For anything. Sure. But I did pick, like, a tube phono amp that I found. Um, Amazon has everything. <laughs> dude, they do. That's, what, that's been our conversation for, like, most of the shows. Yeah. Or, like, before we got on, it was just, like, yeah, Amazon. Amazon, baby. Yeah. He said, where'd you get that camera? Amazon. Yeah. And um, But, yeah, so uh, I'll record all the samples. Um, I've done it for Miyagi Records. I've done it for... Um, God, you're involved. There's so many places you're involved in. It's just, like, hard for me to keep track. It's, it's just hard for me to keep track, too. That's why. I, I actually don't know how you do it. Yeah. I don't know. You know who says that all the time? Duck Girl says that all the time. I don't know how you do it. I don't get it. I'm like, I just go. Like, yeah. you just go. And you yeah. just don't stop going just say unless yes you're tired. yeah we <laughs> yeah. just let's go yeah so but yeah so um uh, also with the weekly sample flip challenge so depending on who the curator is for the month right um uh, they'll send me their pack in advance um and i'm able to if they haven't organized it into weeks i'll organize it into weeks like 33 34 35 36 like right now we're on week 35 because i took a break for December because yeah. Christmas and the holidays. Yeah, for sure. Dish. So um, we, uh, I have the samples picked out and I usually record the whole song because I want people to flip whatever they want. I just find the best music that I like. And obviously oh, if like, okay. say you're the curator, you pick whatever songs you want, you know, and, and, and stuff. Unless you don't feel like doing that, you just pick a bunch of records, you send them to me. I'll do that. Hmm. Um, and I'll also tap in with... Uh, producers like i did with going somewhere and kill Roy washers their latest pack um for messy this room. month for december oh the messy no room they're drum kit. wait is that through duck world no no no, no. that's no. their own thing okay, but that's what i do is so like say you were releasing the drum kit and you got something coming up and you want to tap in with the community right yeah i'm talking to you, you right there yeah, you, <laughs> i'm talking to you so the drum kit you've been making right i would hopefully if you didn't mind Give me a copy of the drum kit. You know what I'm saying? And from there, I will um, pick my favorite sounds. I'll probably make a few beats with it to, to start, but I'll pick what my favorite sounds are. And I'll make a couple small demo kits out of your drum kit. Um, if it's all breaks, I might slice up some of your breaks and make these legitimate one-off one-shots that you, you hadn't even made. Shout out to... Uh, uh, tortilla Couture. I did that for t Tortilla's kit. He did all loops. I chopped them up and made one shots that weren't even in his packs. These were legitimately demos for Duck World's weekly sample flip challenge only. And I'll pick a few sounds. I'll do that. So say there's four weeks in a month. I'll do maybe four or five per pack. Um, I do three weeks where I do that, where I'll do three different ones. And then on the fourth week or the last week of the month, um, I'll put a recap of all the drums. Um, this way, people are getting drums, they're getting percussions, sometimes bass sounds, um, and they're getting samples in these packs. And we do it every week, and it's free. I don't charge anything. There's no Patreon or anything. You just tap into the, the Duckworld underscore Chicago or the Duckworld 808 or me at B4Lasers on IG, and 
You can find it all in the link trees and the bios. It'll all take you where you need to go to get the samples to get make some fire ass beats. All right. <laughs> Got so, yeah, you. That's yeah, that's yeah. the weekly sample flip challenge. Little little lengthy, but but I mean, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was your you know first thing. Like, I would say that Duck World's the first thing. You said something before where you were saying how like Duck World's like a household name. Yeah. Out of the beat communities that live online. Mm -hmm. what is like the gold standard like because the one that i'm familiar with and it's not even the same type of beats is team supreme um and they do like oh, it's like more it. in the like trappy era like thing so it's not as like it's not the same but i mean like is there kind of a gold standard for the type of beat scene that we're talking about um i would say I would say kind of like sidechain society. Sidechain society? Yeah, that's uh that's stolen drums. That's his uh his community. I think that that that's a at least for me uh insp inspiration wise to want to make something with with people to give them some place to feel like I said at home and not just out in a while with nobody will respond to you nobody will like your beat that you post nobody will respond and let you know how your drums sound nobody will share information or content with you no one will give you free drums or free sample packs like um i feel like that was a place that was a, he has a discord and there's an instagram community for it and um whatever else places he has for it but i think in my opinion that's probably the gold standard it's very active he um is constantly doing lives and it's it's online is there like a home base yeah. for it or uh, i believe now he's doing like a lot of live um like in-person events like in atlanta i think he does controller rise and he does some other atlanta okay events i believe that's where he's at if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. but um you know someone yeah. just, you can google it you can google it <laughs> yeah but shout out to bro man he, he's really cool he's a really cool cat he's very chill a uh, humble guy does um, it does it feel competitive at all? No, no, no. Because it doesn't seem like that. It's just like, oh, yo, you make beats, cool. Yeah, cool. Join in. Um, I, I do like. So I'm gonna say that about Duckwell eight oh eight. Now Duckwell Chicago, I'm trying to blow these motherfuckers out the water, bro. Every time I make a beat, bro, I ain't trying to play with y'all in any. And I feel like everybody else is the same way. But it's like a family. Uh, it's like a family competition. You know what I mean? It's like a friendly. Uh, slap boxing match you know what I mean and that's where I feel like you get this is where something this is where it slides in and that's the beat makers toolbox big dog that's where that starts to come into play for, for me yeah. and for wanting to have my own um, outlet plus we'll flip a beat club we ain't even get there yet yeah there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot no I know I mean maybe maybe we could just like spend some time and kind of uh, just uh, go through them and yeah go and, and talk about how they're different and you know yeah. Yeah, how well, you can get involved we can kick it off listen so yeah. we'll kick it off with the beat makers toolbox so the beat makers toolbox is an event that me and basically my, i'll just say this really yeah, quick yeah, yeah. this is like if you don't know anything about the beat making scene you're about to lay it all out like yeah. this is like a lot of shit that's going on in chicago and on yeah. the internet and just like yeah. if you make beats and you feel a similar way like 
<laughs> Listen to what he's about to say. What is it? We want you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? But no, seriously. So if you if you've listened this far, um, through the sample pack challenges and through my life's tribulations and stories, um, we have made it to the beat makers toolbox portion. So the beat makers toolbox is an amazing. I call it a party. Cause that's that's what it feels like to me. It feels like a family reunion when you haven't seen your family for a while, and all your distant cousins and all your homies, and so they pull up with the friends of the family. Everybody's just ready to eat and have a good old time. That's what the Beatmakers Toolbox feels for me. Cause me and the wife, the wife's idea was we would do it every three months. So every three months or so, cause we flipping it up for my birthday, so it's going to four months, so we can land in April. I'll see you there at Miyagi Records. But um. At Miyagi, at Miyagi Records, because that's where we've been doing it so far, um, we um, we have tables set up. I come in early. Um, I set up a bunch of tables, usually. Like, last time I did a dolo, too, didn't I? Yeah, man. So, I'll, I'll pull up early at, i say, about 12 o'clock, maybe 11.50. Um, I set up all the tables, um, set up chairs. Uh, I set up turntables. Uh, I set up power, power strips, and... Um, I, they let me go through the record collection. Like I could just go through whatever record I want. And I usually pick three or four um, records. If you are coming from far out of town, like the homie uh, 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 Easy Web, shout out Easy Web. If you're coming from like St. Louis or some shit to come kick it with us, I'll let you pick the records. Because Mo's like, that's a genius idea to make people feel like you give a fuck that they even came you know what i mean and not just here to to make beats so you coming from out of town or it's your birthday or something let us know let me know ahead of time we'll, we'll do something for you you know we're gonna make sure you feel you know loved because that's what it's about so i set up the turntables the tables the chairs all that stuff i pick a couple records or i have someone uh, who comes through pick a few records those records are put on stands at each turntable and they're available for you to sample um, you can make whatever beats out of those records that you want. Um, it's already set up with all of the dongles that you need. If you make beats on Koala, I got the USB. <laughs> got dongles. Yeah, I got the USB, yeah. the lightning joints for you. If you're making beats on a like a uh, Android tablet, you need USB-C. I got that for you. You're making beats on a computer. I got the regular USB. You got MPC. I got you with the line-in joints. You got the old SP. I got you with the RCA. It's like it doesn't matter. Uh, also print out um qr codes for the duck world sample flip challenge because the beatmakers toolbox normally has so far always landed on a sunday um, it's usually the second sunday right so the second sunday in the month um i print out the duck world weekly sample flip challenge on flyers so that you can use a qr code to easily go there and also access those samples because there's only like three or four turntables um mm. and then uh, also on top of that <clears throat> the last two events i've given away over 70 records at each one wow. free it's just a box of just all type of stuff that either i've handpicked or um you know had in my collection that i flipped already and i wanted to let go of so i could you know get some new stuff in and not just have my wife tripping over records because we don't want that do we boo boo <laughs> so um we also do that and we also have a chef that's um usually in house that will be um selling plates um which is an amazing thing because you know you're making all these beats you get hungry right i got free beer free sodas free water because my wife says hospitality is everything 
make sure motherfuckers is good because then they'll know you give a fuck about them and yeah we kick it and people make beats for a few hours you come through at about two o'clock everybody comes in they kick it we have a good time people make their beats people cook up and then the last like hour um, from five to six i do a live aux where everybody's able to play live and the cool thing is that i'm gonna continue doing because people really love it i run everybody into a mixer this mixer runs into my sp and i actually do stutters filters drops and effects and run my siren while people are playing live so they're even getting like extra stutters and effects because this just makes it so much more fun it feels like a teamwork when we up there and we're creating and we having a blast um i stream it live to ig so everybody can tap in and have a good time um and yeah so that's the beat makers toolbox in a nutshell then we all clean up don't forget to help clean up and then we all go <laughs> nice <laughs> shout out miyagi, yep. miyagi shout out yeah. miyagi records man i want to make sure i always gotta look at the wife make sure i ain't forgetting i appreciate you baby um shout out miyagi records true maker love you they always open their doors for us to be able to do that um and they're good to the community yeah man they're good people they give to the community man you can walk up and they got a free record bin in the front of the establishment like most of the time it's just outside free records you just take them you know. i got a quick tangent question yeah, i mean course. it goes along with the records uh how many records do you think you have at home i just got like like 120 more from her uncle yeah shout out uncle otis i love you big dog um (laughs) we we were over there for christmas and he was like man i got all these records in my basement you can have them motherfuckers i'm like really yeah i don't want that shit i said for sure heavy yeah it's a lot of space and then her me and her grandma we went downstairs and you should see her grandma she's like i don't know this is 80 80 what 89 88 she's probably faster than you bro really i swear to god i can't make this up she's carrying records upstairs i'm like bro what are you you're gonna break a shin no i'm not (laughs) that's crazy she's a legend so we was downstairs we got all the records but me say like 250 300 at the crib right now probably i'd say like okay so that was a big come up 120 records yeah yeah, we ain't gonna oh, forget about that. No. Yeah, like I said earlier in this, wrapping it back to to brother can't do. He gave me my first four hundred records probably, and I remember I had to fill my trunk with these records. I had an Impala at the time. I had to just because he he needed the totes for more records he was getting, so I had to just dump them in my trunk, and I just had hundreds of records like literally weighing down my Impala. And I drove all the way home with them shits, and I took totes out my mom's basement and just put them in there and then there ended up being a flood in her basement and i lost some of the best shit i never got to flip damn yeah because they get warped and shit right yeah if they get wet man it's it's you know the record might be good but the sleeve in the the is fucked and if you let it dry like with the the record inside it's a wrap because then you basically are pulling off the glue and the paint and it's a wrap for that record usually. It's a pretty much over with, yeah. Damn. So yeah, I'd say okay, right okay. now about two fifty, three hundred. Okay, cool. This made me think of a nice like little wrap up question too. Um, but we won't. We'll keep going from here. We got what else do we got in the beat? 
We'll oh, call it the toolbox, but it's not the toolbox because that's already a thing. And <laughs> yeah, well, we got the uh, the next thing up is Flip a Beat Club. So Flip a Beat Club, man. Boom. That's a beat making event that was created once again out in the West Coast. If I believe this was would be Sacramento because that's where Dibiase and Mons Rock are. But they um, they have an event that they do on the third Friday of every month called Flip a Beat Club. There are chapters all over the United States as well as one in Toronto, Canada. Um, it is a similar to eh, similar inspirations to like the weekly sample flip challenge and things like that. There's a pack that's curated um, either records or actual pro- like compositions by uh, producers like Mulatte, etc. Um, that is curated for us to sample it comes out the crate comes out that friday usually around like five o'clock i'm saying central time by the way so if you're pacific you know that's three or new york that's six so anyways um online you're able to join there's a zoom that everybody can join in on so if you don't have a chapter near you you are still able to join in to the worldwide chapter because everybody's welcome um, and then if there is a chapter in your city, usually at a record store of some sort or a small space, um, everybody pulls up <clears throat> and they bring all their beat making gear. We set up tables. Um, we do ours. Shout out to Chantella and his wife for Beverly Phonomart. This is out on the south side. Um, we have a chapter that we worked really hard to get here in Chicago that we have now. Um, and... You, we all join on Zoom as well. So the chapters are also on this Zoom. So you have not only 50, 60 people that join or more that don't have a chapter or either couldn't make it to their local chapter, plus the 20, 30 people that are at each chapter on Zoom as well. So now you just have all these people wow. that yeah. are all making beats off the sample packs that has been curated. And then we they kind of do a round robin where uh, each chapter gets like 15, 20, depending on how many people are there, 15, 20, 30 minutes, you know, um, to play their beats live on Zoom. But you're also technically playing it live in-house for all the people that are kicking it too. Um, and yeah, that that is Flip a Beat Club. I'm one of the hosts with my homie Backpack Beats. Um, also, shout out to uh, MC Decay and the homie uh, DJ Sean Doe, huh? Yeah, and oh, and frequent flyer, man. Can't forget about frequent. I was finna, he was finna drop that one too, cause that 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 boy is a beast on the beats and outstanding on the camera, man. Um, and yeah, so we host uh, Flip a Beat Club for the Chicago scene. Um, and yeah, that's that's what that is. That's a that's another party. We do that every month, third Friday, Beverly Phonomart or online. You just follow Flip a Beat Club on Instagram, and you'll always know they will just follow turn on a notification there will be a bleep that comes up when we're dropping they they do one like the week of like a flyer the addresses is on there everything um it, f- it feels like you know throughout the month there's like yeah. the possibility for a beat show 
every week if it's spaced out correctly oh yeah when the chopping block is active because right now they're on stepchild you know mad love bro and it's uh uh, uh slotte mad love open swim they're on vacation right now mm. so when those are active that was kind of like when me and, and, and my wife were talking about like the date that i wanted to do like uh beat makers toolbox i was very specific on why i picked the second Sunday. Yeah. Because normally you end up with either Live Beach Chicago or the chopping block at like the top of the month. And it's normally a, it's normally like a Saturday or something. They, they usually do it. Um, So then you have Live Beach Chicago or the chopping block or both of them, you know, mm -hmm. depending, depending on if they're, you know, they're active and not, you know, having something that they got to do. Then the second Sunday you get the Beatmakers Toolbox. Then the following Friday is because the second Sunday leads to the third Friday every time. So the second Sunday, third Friday is Flip a Beat Club. So you then normally, I, 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 if I remember correctly, the uh, open swim is the day before Flip a Beat Club normally. Mm -hmm. So there's uh, Beatmakers Toolbox the second Sunday. Then there's uh, open swim. Then there's Flip a Beat Club. And then there's open beats at the open end of the beats month is at the end, yeah it's crazy there's a lot yeah and there's probably more <laughs> yeah there's probably more that we don't even that i don't even know of that are happening in chicago if you are doing i'd that. be kind of surprised if you didn't know about it at this point i would yeah, like you, you seem like you <laughs> probably have but this chicago's big man chicago's no, a right, big right. place so you know who knows if you are doing that, tap in. I want to know about it. I want to pull up. I want to play some beats. Oh, yeah. yeah. So make yeah. sure you follow me. At B4Lasers. B4L-A-S-E-R-S. -S -E no Zs. He's like a commercial. One big. <laughs> this yeah, this would be a fun little question is, uh, yeah, you sure. know, why B4Lasers? Mm, okay. So... It's always funny when I say this because people are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So I got my first batch of records, right? I have all these records at the time there in my bedroom um, at my mom's house. I got my first turntable sitting here. I made like this fire ass beat in Fruity Loops. It was gas. And I'm just looking at this turntable, I'm looking at this DJ mixer, and I'm looking at these records, and I'm just like, and I pressed the CD button on my laptop the time because they came with cd drives i don't know if some of you young and mine doesn't even like, have one anymore that's yeah what I'm saying. <laughs> so it comes out i see the lasers i'm like i look at that i'll tell you i was probably just high as shit in the room like huh i look at the vinyl i look at the laser i look at the vinyl i look at the laser i'm like b4 lasers mm. and then i was like b4 lasers I like that. It's got a ring to it. And I tagged it on my turntable. Tagged it. I flipped my... I still have this slip mat. I don't know if you ever noticed it. It's in the studio on the wall. I still have this slip mat to this day. It's it's right there. Um, I tagged B4 lasers on it, you know, and uh, that was it. And it's been B4 lasers ever since. How many slip mats do you have? <laughs> I think four. Oh, four. okay. I think yeah. you're gonna be like 4D. I'm like, you nah, know, nah, nah. I got, <laughs> I got two that um, ones on my new mark that I don't really use, 
And then one's just in a bag on the side that was also like another new mark one. And then I got the one that's on my wall that says this tag that's just history. I believe that's a technique one, technique one. And then the one that I use on my turntable is this dope ass vinyl moon. We haven't even that's that's what it was. Remember, I was trying to think of what the other topic was. The vinyl moon feature. I couldn't remember, but I knew there was something else I was missing that I also was a part of. Um, which that was that's hella dope. So we can slide in that one. Yeah, but, slide on in. <laughs> I mean, um, whatever. That, so um <laughs> It's a network. <laughs> so vinyl, vinyl moon, right? Vinyl moon is a famous. Um, this is like a history lesson. It feels yeah. like it really like, is. This man. will be a time capsule, and people will be like, "Oh shit, he's talking about vinyl moon." Max, I think I wait. Can you see it on camera? Well, let me make sure, because I, I think the thing popped. All right, now we good. All right, the little slip, the little the uh, thing behind me. Anyways, all right. Oh, oh we're good. So vinyl moon, right? Vinyl Moon is a famous, um, they basically make mixtapes of music that is out. Um, shout out to Brandon, uh, the owner of Vinyl Moon. So he creates mixtapes um, with outstanding um, creative, like uh, graphic design on vinyl. So he takes songs that he's heard um, through either his blog um, the burning ear or that he, people he knows. Um, and if he loves it and he really feels like it will fit whatever, um, you know, edition he's on, I think they're like in the hundreds now, but, um, he adds it to his list. He puts you on, um, and he'll, he'll literally, they literally press hundreds of, uh, these one off, like, outstandingly created vinyls like they'll be the sickest like colorways you've ever seen full paintings like inlets ins i mean inserts like the whole nine it's insanely packaged right and then you as the artist get five of your own um and compensation for letting him utilize your music you retain all royalties um then it's released as well as a um as an album on Spotify, but since you retain royalties and they use your ISRC codes, it also pops up on your page as you just a part of said album. And then your ISRC code locks for all y'all people that don't know business. Your ISRC code locks to the song that you've already released. So it's basically just taking whatever streams are coming from this and just adding it to the one that's in your main account. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's 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 wild. It's they do vinyl. It's basically a vinyl mixtape. It's the craziest shit ever. So I'm on, I made it on volume eighty eight, um, which was a super insane like super insane selections. But I had the last track on the B side, the thank him for my album Carpe Diem, was on that album. I'm gonna be on the January. He said I'm gonna be on the January one. So. I'm looking. I can't wait for that. I'm super excited for that. So I'll be on the on on another one as well. Um, yeah, that's what Vinyl Moon is. So you can pick these up from like a record store. Um, so normally, uh, you they have like a whole membership program. So like, there are people that are members of Vinyl Moon, and they get like 
selections every month, like kind of like a record club. Have you ever seen those online record clubs before? So, so like, mm-hmm. there's these clubs you can be a part of for like a, a a little like a certain amount of month or whatever, and you get like either whatever their release is that month plus maybe a couple more that you get to pick every month, and they just get mailed to you, and mm. they have they have a huge whole subscription service of people that, um, yeah, are like vo- like Volume eighty eight was sold out. Like the last time I looked, there was it was sold out. The limited edition edition that I had was sold out and the regular edition was sold out and like on you could only place you could get them is like on discogs is there mixing between tracks or is it just the the selection of what is on the vinyl that's like the special part of it the mix of it yeah it's the mix of the music that's on the vinyl it's usually like spaced obviously i believe they do um from what i've heard when i listened to it back and i played the actual vinyl because i kept one for myself um it was like mastered um for vinyl you know like they took the time to remaster and make sure everything was solid for the vinyl release and consistent but uh i don't believe there's like a mix kind of like where someone plays it live and does like their effects or something like selection or something now it's just like a mixtape you know what i mean like how they used to do on cassettes right back in the yeah CDs, for sure but they're, CDs they're shit, going like, the extra mile and doing yeah that's cr- and the then making wicked, crazy like, art fucking insane art bro like i can't even start to after the interview i'll show you i just because you asked me to i saved a couple pictures of what the vinyl looked like like it's yeah wild you're gonna be like bro that's the it's like one of those crazy vinyls that you see like when you go to a record store and it's like on the wall in the back with like a crazy colorway and splashes of colors and shit yeah that's what he does mm. it's wild so that's, yeah that's vinyl moon shout out to them man and them the homies they're they're cool it's really cool brandon's hella cool man so yeah thank I'm, you for putting me on like yeah. to a lot of stuff oh, you're more than welcome man and we can cover whatever else but i did just kind of have a fun question and this is something you mentioned before that in the b4 or in the the duck world chicago chapter that you guys would be playing uh anime and just watching stuff and this is kind of a callback to the going somewhere interview i Mm -hmm. asked him i was like what is it about like anime and lo-fi like how is there a connection between there and we were talking about toonami and like yeah whatever but it is just like is that something you you don't have to be into it but it's just no, like a lot of people why are people into the anime as like lo-fi people or just like beat makers is it good sampling is it just like did someone do it and then it just became a thing I'm, I'm, that probably has a lot to do with it i'm a huge anime head in general like i'm a anime nerd what's what's like a favorite <sighs> we'll just keep it Keep so it brief. For the, for the, yeah, keeping it brief for the popular heads, I'm gonna say Attack on Titan, right? Okay, that it just finished, which was the darkest shit you've probably ever. You're like, bro, when I watched the commercial, this show looked like it was just gonna be crazy, murdering, wild giants. Then you watch the show and you realize how absolutely depressing the show is. For like, is it worth watching? Yeah, hell yeah, I think Attack yeah. on Titan was worth watching. So even though it's depressing, it's still like, yeah, cool. It's because I am about, to, I have a couple of different animes that I want to watch. Yeah, that's so one of them. For the yeah, for the for the heads that you know don't know a lot about anime and don't watch too many, you know that one that's very popular. I would say Attack on Titan. One for my anime heads, I would say Mushishi. That's probably one of my favorite um, animes. And then um, 
that's why like it's the art style i think i think the art style behind like a lot of the older most specifically like 90s and early 2000s anime like i think the art style just lended itself towards these lo-fi instrumentals like it just looked and sounded and meshed so well Mm. that they just had to go together you know what i mean and then yes you had like tsunami adult swim not saying even though yeah adult swim as well um they really yeah yeah they really um would do like i believe it's a yeah am i am i missing i believe it's adult swim yeah they had yeah, like they the do, text on the screen then play like some play like fly like low, low beat yeah and be like, whoa i think that's where that helps. that's where it yeah okay that i helps. think that that might be you're right like that might be the part where people just subconsciously but even you know i i don't know if you've watched like samurai champloo yeah um but the <laughs> i've been listening it. to the departure album mm-hmm. uh by nujibes and that i mean like even the people that made that show tapped in earlier on i mean i, I forget when that was released but like pretty early like and they wanted them to make the music for the show so yeah. like we're gonna they, uh, they were, yeah, it was crazy, <laughs> i just i feel like new jubez might have had something to do with it a little bit like i mean he was um, and i believe he's japanese is that how you say it new jubez or new jabez or i don't know i think i've always said new jubez new jubez yeah, everyone yeah. says it differently a little yeah. bit but tomato 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 man i yeah no when i do my lives on ig if you uh, if you know if you lovely people slide by i usually have an anime playing like in the middle screen i have it broken in three portions there's some lovely ducks at the bottom mm. my beautiful face at the top and then uh, uh anime in the middle and it'll just be it'll be playing i usually don't have the obviously the audio up because i'm usually making beats but right it just lends to the vibe man I don't know, yeah there's just, something about it that just works it just works you yeah. know yeah. And, and you know it could be you also got to look at um i feel like there's a huge 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 hip-hop scene in japan yeah so it's like it lends itself to that like look at like even before like samurai chaplo look at uh fuck 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 what was the uh what was the name of that it was damn can't remember what that's the one thing that happens when you watch too many anime you can't remember shit but there's like a roll there's like there's this so crazy, many episodes yeah there's like this crazy roller skating anime like um i feel like they were very tapped into that like that as well like it just had that aesthetic and it had that vibe as well air gear i wasn't gonna forget come air on man, a true anime head stop playing with me air gear man they were tapped into like that like punk rock of japan like that 90s early 2000s punk rock as well as like hip-hop as well right like yeah. it was it was it was insanely fire you know and um yeah yeah they just go together man they just go together yeah, we don't have like, to think about it too hard they're like <laughs> yeah. sausages and, and pancakes you know when you put and them like two eggs, together yeah you know what i'm saying you get well you get pigs in a blanket you know what i mean right that's all i'm saying they go together you know like, yeah they just make logical straight up. sense she said wow i heard that through the head sweet and salty like sweet and salty that's why my wife fell in love anyways <laughs> well 
uh you know we've probably been going for a minute and we've covered a lot of ground um you know i got a couple we'll do it we'll do a couple fun questions and then we'll wrap it up one thing i wanted to ask you i mean unless there's other things that we need to cover i mean there is your album yeah we could quickly i'll I'll ask a fun question then we'll talk about your album fun question is whatever the vibe is but fun question let's do it most oversampled record uh most oversampled record is it like Sade? Is it like oh, uh, Miles Davis? Any, like- yeah, and, and almost anything from like, bro, anything from Motown, bro. I feel like anything from Motown, anything from Marvin Gaye, L. Green, for sure. Marvin Gaye, L. Green. I do say Sade. I feel like Sade has been ran. She's kind of been. She's not. Anyways, Sade. About to be a hot take. Yeah, we gonna, <laughs> I, I love her too much for that because I own, I think, almost all of her albums except for like Lovers Rock or something. So, um, anything from Motown and Philadelphia International. So, that's like, uh, that's another. I feel like a lot of that stuff's been flipped. Like, a lot of that. Philadelphia International? Is yeah, it? Because I think that's like, uh, is it like funk or is it like, no, nah, that's more Motown y. We ain't even got a guess. Hold on a minute. I'll tell you right now. R&B. Philadelphia. Tell think possibly. Hold on. Philadelphia International Records. Boom. That's like MF, MFSB, Gamble and Huff, the OJs, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, Billy Paul, Dexter Wenzel, Teddy Pendergrass. Yeah. Yeah, the any anything from no, they're wow. great labels to collect from. But I think yeah. flip wise, man, them joints have been just it's been combed through with a fine tooth comb. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wasn't even familiar with it. I know some of those names, but yeah. like, you know, it's always nice to unlock the like record label name. And be like, oh, that's what connects all of this. Yeah. I, like I just the- recently was really. I just recently learned like um about that like i didn't i heard i heard backpack talk about that label before and my homie uh phil specter he he talks about that out of that label those are like their i believe that's like one of their favorite labels and i bet there's like records that probably haven't been flipped or touched but their music is gas i just feel like the the artists were so famous mm. it's been flipped like a million times you know what i mean yeah so yeah that's okay okay so you gave us a few options yeah i'm huge into world and like wild um like the wife will tell you like latin shit mm. like i'm huge into like i'll find left field stuff to flip like all the time huge into like the 80s electronic scene of like um you know violin electronic like jean-luc pointe and other like artists like that like i love that kind of shit because i don't feel like it's flipped all the time so yeah yeah for sure yeah that makes sense. I don't even know that genre very well. Like, I gotta tap into that. Yeah, yeah 80s synth electronic. Like, think about the cusp of synthesized music. Yeah. It's the fucking 80s, bro. Yeah, for sure. Like, it they sounded were making like sense. weird, dude. Everything yeah. that I feel like gets resampled from that time is like vapor wave or something. People just like screw That's and it. shop yeah, it. Yeah, like screw But that, it's, and it's always like these famous hits that get like slow. No. I'm talking That's about not what you're trying to do. No, yeah. it was already vaporished 
Yeah. Like, it was just already in its own. You couldn't even keep up with this shit if you tried. I'll play one before I dip. I'll play a song that I love from that era. Yeah. I think you'll I think you'll like it. It's crazy. Not because I see the kalimba in other oh, yeah. instruments over there. So one of my few uh, instruments. Yeah, well, man. there's some. Um word. Okay. Well so, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's neither here nor there. Basically like sample whatever you want, but those might yeah. be the those might the be tops. Yeah, man. Okay, okay. Um, let's talk album real quick because you know you were talking before about how you know you took a really long time off music. Yep. And you released an album pretty recently. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, you so. know, just why? <laughs> Basically, the big question is why and what like put you in to the mode to actually have a proper release. Yeah. Um, so. I've I've went through a lot of growing pains as an artist and and personally in my life, you know, marriage, all of those things, um, family, mothers getting, you know, mother getting old, father getting old, you know, uh, a lot of growing pains in life, which is where the name from the album came from. That's where it stems from. Um, and the name is Growing Pains. Yeah. So I uh, I dropped, um, you know, Carpe Diem, uh, Fool's Paradise and a bunch of singles and like two EPs or something like that and Amore Eterno and a lot of this stuff was um was great and it was amazing and I loved it but I wanted to tap into something just a bit more I felt like a bit more emotional right um because that's how I was feeling and and this was the beats that I had stuff that I was making on the SP stuff that I was making on Koala um I think because of the homie old Ricky, I'm very big on making sure I have proper releases for sure. Because originally, my wife will tell you, like, I would just put shit out. Like, oh, yeah, I, I did. Like, I did the like, same thing. Yeah. Why did you just release this with no promo, no merch, no nothing? Like, you just put it out. <laughs> like, you might as well just flushed it down the toilet. But, um, you know, uh, so that's why I'm big on having a proper release to answer that question as well. So I try to have my music together, make sure that since I handle mixing and mastering, I do. I mean, some people say it's sacrilegious to master and mix your own music. Uh, I like to do it because why the fuck not? And, um, you know, I also like to do uh, mer like analog medium. I love to uh, have Amori Eternal pressed on vinyl. Um, but for growing pains, I only did cassettes. I just really wanted to do a cassette run. Um, and it worked out really, really well. Um, once again, shout out to O Ricky. He helped cut those for me. And, um, you know, yeah. So that's pretty much, that was pretty much the inspiration, man. I have a lot of music. I make music daily. I'm making beats every day, sometimes three, four beats a day. It can be, um, and I had this collection of music. I constantly put stuff on SoundCloud privately, and I'm constantly organizing, um, just building like playlists of things that fit together. It's like a constant Adam Smash thing. Yeah, yeah. Going on. Like make it and then organize it later. Yeah. So um, once it clicks, I usually lock it and try not to add anything else to it. Um, and then from there, uh, I'll decide what I want to do, what my budget is, you know, and yeah so anything on the horizon anything solidified that people should be looking, looking out, out for, for? Uh, I think I'm gonna release so I, I did put out a, um, I did put out a project on SoundCloud just for the fuck of it I think it was called uh, 
feels good to let go or something doesn't it feel good to let go something like that mm-hmm. which was um you know a collection of beats that i had that were uh from a lot of the flip a beat club flip challenges things like that um that i really wanted to put out a lot of stuff that i've been holding on to i really want to put out i think i'm going to release that everywhere just so it's just on all streaming platforms. Um, but right now I'm really cooking up on what my next project is going to be. I already have it really in the chamber. I had to think a little bit. That's almost music I make. So yeah, mm-hmm. I can give little keys and clues now because we here and it's real and it's solidified, baby. So I got a crazy ass jazz album, bro. <clears throat> and that's most definitely, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. See, it's so hot. I choked. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's most definitely what's going to be coming soon. That's probably going to be my next, besides some EPs and other simple things, just to keep up face. But the next big album and big project I'm I'm trying to focus on is probably that jazz project. I think it's time for it to come out. And is this from, like, sampling some jazz? No. no? Everything's played. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Oh, damn. I haven't even talked about those. She loves those, man. I made so, so you want me to just tell them about it or you want me to just go? All right. So I had a moniker during COVID. Um, it was called Late Night Slide. So Late Night Slide was a moniker. I was doing R&B rap like songs. I was doing these crazy ass like melodic R&B rap vibes with just sexiness and, and, and sometimes emotional real shit and just going crazy. Um She's really been wanting me to put all those, put that stuff out. She's been tired of me just having it sitting on SoundCloud, collecting layers and layers of dust. <laughs> yeah, um, digital dust. Yeah, so you never know. Those digital might just come dust. Out. That would be like kind of a good name. That anyway. sounds like a fire label. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, well, well, oh, shit. We Pod created Deucer. it here. <laughs> if you didn't know, Podducer Podcast, they also have an insane label. It's called Digital Dust. Dude, so that would be kind of cool. You know, I will keep it in the back of the head. Yes, we'll sir. write it down somewhere. Yes, sir. We're going to come in and stick her on the back of this mic next time. We're going to say Digital Dust. Ooh. <laughs> fire. So, but yeah, I do. I'll probably release those. I do want to do something like that. It would be nice. But. I never, th- I never think about them. She, she thinks about them all so the time. Are these ones like more like played stuff, or it's like no? These are like I would, I was buying beats. I was making my own also mm-hmm. as well, working with some of the homies like Curtis Holly playing live guitar. I would play keys, mm-hmm. um, and you know make my own beats and as well. And yeah, I was singing, singing. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like just straight like. I'll, I'll, I'll let one of those fly too before I dip. You, you'll check it out. This is crazy. So yeah, man, you never know. They can, might just come out. As so beautiful. people can see it on SoundCloud still. You just yeah, gotta, some you of that stuff dig. is. Yeah, you just got to dig. Late night slide. It's it's funny if you're a fan and you listen to my music. There's actually the like artist on Spotify. It probably comes from her because she probably plays late night slide and B4 lasers every single day. But one of my liked artists is literally myself. It's literally late night slide. It's right there. Yeah. And uh, artists similar to you know it's right down there so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that's your boy there's a lot there's a lot lot to unpack there's a lot to be for lasers man yeah yeah well if anyone like this is basically we'll call this like the roadmap (laughs) basically if you want to know before lasers listen to this shit yeah if you've made it this far if you've made it this far this is huh before mixed it i talked about me being a mixing engineer yeah, we you talked know, about that. A talked about bit. that a little bit, but that was that was like a real focus. Like I said, all across yeah. the world, I've made songs in the Congo um, for artists in the Congo, for wow. artists in London, artists in Japan, artists in Korea. You know, 
all in Russia. I've done crazy album. Like I did an album with a label out in Russia that was insane. Damn. Um, yeah. How the fuck? Done, done a lot of stuff. Yeah, wearing done a lot of hats. And I was saying how you always got the hat on. They're always different hats too. Yeah, I try. My wife just told me I gotta get more hats, man. I got some before laser stuff, man. So I gotta get that cracking. Well, we're working on some uh, producer hats, and I already. You're gonna get one. Let's just Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love a hat, man. I used to collect hats back in the day. That was my There's thing. something about when you're rocking to a beat with a hat. It gives you like an extra yep. gear. Extra gear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That's right. That's a diesel. When you got the hat on, it's diesel. diesel <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Fuel. Not just unleaded. Uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> so, but yeah. Uh, well, thank you for taking us through. You know the the map of yourself um yeah, there's a lot there but, is and if anyone wants to go check it out like go check out before lasers on Please. spotify soundcloud yeah, all that stuff slide on me man we always releasing dope shit you know got the sample pack out too before i forget you know with the homie or ricky the bump show the intergalactic sounds volume one or is it intergalactic grooves my bad i don't know why i said intergalactic sounds volume one it's insane. There's like 60 sounds in there, some crazy shit. Hella drum loops, bass sounds, special effects, drones, compositions with stems and melodic loops. So tap in. Um, yeah. 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 All right. We'll do the wrap up question. Let's do it. So at the start of the show, I asked you what your first concert was. Yes. What is like the game changer concert that you went to it could be a beat show that you went to that you're just like dude these guys are on a new level um just something that made you kind of feel like i gotta change my game uh future concerts future concerts yeah yeah. i've been to i don't know how many future concerts at this point maybe four or five and this is in chicago yeah every time and the rapper future oh future okay 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 i thought that this was like another collective no no, and i was ready to just listen and be educated again um, that when if you're talking i'll give two shows that that changed a lot for the for in terms of it pure intensity of a fucking concert it was the drake and future concert specifically for me for me anyway because i know the one he did where he had the migos oh was was that at uh but the one he did with drake was um man I, i just that shit was insane and it was like yo like i didn't know i didn't know the fucking floor could move you know what was, I mean? where was this united united center, center. Yeah. i'm like the fucking floor is like like there's no way you know and and the first time i saw him was at i think it was what is it summer was this what's that called the no nah, not summer fest yeah i can't remember mm. what the name of it's called right now sorry guys but the motherfucker that dude bro he did march madness and like the entire stadium was just erupting like i've never seen before yeah people running to the front it was just the craziest scene ever and um yeah that that in terms of bringing intensity in my performances that was the concert that that did it for me big jam the fucking wgci big jam okay um 
And then in terms of like seeing people go in like on a beat makers level, right? And like just being inspired to wanna like just continue rocking. When they did when we did the Duck World one year anniversary show in LA, I was just like I've never seen this many motherfuckers like go ham for hours on end. Like at those at like a what was she that six or eight hour show or something we did like i was the host uh, we went out there for the duck world was it the one year anniversary i believe so our one year yeah duh. so our one year anniversary like um in october flew me and the wife we flew out to la um had a great time japanese hotels are the place to be and there was it duck girl through a entire I would have called this shit a mini festival at that point. It was like a six or seven hour show. Like the lineup was vast. I was one of the hosts. I talked hella shit all night, (laughs) had a blast, food, drinks. There was a designated weed smoking station outside. I was like, I don't know what more you can want. And all the homies were there. Everybody from all fucking over was there and they just rocked. And I was just like, this is, like I needed to see this to know that we can also continue to do these types of things in Chicago, man. Yeah. So I'm hugely inspired by the co- by the coast, man. Shout out to the West Coast, man. Hugely inspired by those cats because they go very, very hard at what they do. It's a big inspiration for me to continue to bring that to the city. You know what I mean? I want to see people continuously active, continuously working, continuously striving to be the best beat maker, best curator, best vinyl collector, best instrumentalist that they can be so yeah damn that's probably a good way to end it right there i, so, I was gonna normally I ask for shout outs but i feel like we shouted out so many people there's so many people i fucking <laughs> that it's like you already heard your name yeah. <laughs> it's it's you know i, I don't ever want to come off like there's just oh man like i'm name dropping or something it's just i've met so many people i've worked with so many people in like tied in like not had them do something for me or got something from them i just literally worked alongside them had them play live had them at the beatmakers toolbox had them at flip a beat club they did the duck world sample flip challenges and there's people that we haven't even shouted out yet you know that it's just it's all love you know yeah I appreciate. It. If I can be on this shout out list, I would. Yeah, I would man. Love and that. shout out to the Pod Deucer Podcast and the homie Jerry, man. Hey, you know thank the you. legend himself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank you. Of course, so. I appreciate that, man. It's not I hope that we can also do the same thing here with like just community building. It just seems like you're very focused on like, you know, being the hub of communities like if people want to we keep saying tap in like if you want to tap in you seem like the guy that can facilitate that yep that's what i try to do that's what you're a connector follow your boy yeah that's that's exactly that's what it is that's what she said this is what she said to do i just fucking did it she said build your own community we close with that she said the wife said build your own community and I'm just trying to do that. And yeah. here we are. My name yeah. is B4 Lasers. Follow me. <laughs> Adios. Yeah. Peace. Go check it out. Yeah. You you know how to spell it's with a four. Four. B four L A S E R S. That's everywhere. That's what's up. Well, guys, 
if you've made it this far thank you for listening um i hope that you got learned or <laughs> that's not the right word <laughs> educated <laughs> um and yeah we'll see you next time see you next time oh hell yeah <laughs> always wanted to do that peace peace <laughs>